Chapter Five of Wilderness: A Journal of Quiet Adventure in Alaska by Rockwell Kent. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five: Waiting. Thursday, November Fourteenth. We're ready to go to Seward the moment the weather moderates, which may be not for two weeks or two months. I've packed blankets and several days' food in a great knapsack so that if we're driven to land somewhere will not perish of hunger. And this trip, while it may be carried out speedily, may, on the other hand, strand us days without number in Seward, and cost three or four times that many dollars. The wind is still in the north, the days are wonderfully beautiful, and the nights no less. This very night Rockwell and I skated for the third time. Ah, but it was glorious on the lake! the moon high above us in a cloudless sky, the snow and ice on the mountain-sides glistening, and the spruces black. We skated together hand in hand like sweethearts, going far to one end of the lake in the teeth of the wind, and returning before it like full-rigged ships. And Rockwell, whose second skate to-day this was, improves every minute. I've cut Rockwell's hair, four months' growth, he has had the appearance of a boy of the Middle Ages, with his hair cut to a line above his eyes. Now he's truly a handsome fellow, and such a man under the hardships of this cold place and rough life that I'm very proud of him. Saturday, November 16th. Still it blows, yesterday and today, cold, clear, and blue, and the moon these nights stands straight above us and stays till dawn setting far in the north. It is really cold. Olson is quite miserable and wonders how we can keep at our wood-cutting and skating. But I think I shall never live in such cold again as in that first winter on Monhegan, in my unfinished house, when on cold days the water-pails four feet from the stove froze over between the times I used them, and my beans at soak froze one night on the lighted stove. We love this weather here. While the cabin is draughty, I pile on fuel remorselessly, and that's a real delight after having all my life had truly to count the pieces of coal and wood. The ice on the pond is six inches thick, part of it clear black, that one can see the bottom through. This morning Rockwell changed to heavy underwear. He complains always of the heat, day and night. The days go on about as usual, varied only by an occasional weekly or monthly chore, and success or failure in my painting. This morning, with Olson's help, I brought my boat up onto the land above the beach. The boat is an extremely heavily built eighteen-foot dory, with a heavy keel, and yet the wind carried it four feet last night, and if it had not been secured, might have blown it down into the water where the waves would soon have wrecked it. This night I shall not read in bed. It is quite too far away from the stove. Sunday, November 17th. We jumped from bed in a hurry this morning, believing that the apparent stillness boded a calm day and a fit one for the Seward trip. But the sea beyond our cove was running swiftly and within two hours there was a gale of wind and some snow. Cold it was, and dark. 
we'd hardly put the lamp out after breakfast before we lighted it again for late dinner still in that short daylight i painted and rockwell skated and painted and we both cut a lot of wood i've spent the evening writing trying an article for the modern school we turned my boat over and secured it to the ground with ropes just in time to escape the fall of snow to-night that lies deep on the ground the moon is up and through the clouds there comes a general illumination like daylight monday november eighteenth to-day a storm from the southeast it blows like fury breakfast by lamplight work until dark then dinner in the neighborhood of three o'clock or maybe four more work and a nap for i felt exhausted rockwell goes to bed and is read to i work a while longer then a light supper for which rockwell gets up again then the dishes washed and are again in bed a call on olson for three-quarters of an hour leaving there at ten to work again till some wild hour what a strangely arranged day i'm determined to have a clock but now it will be seen that no more time must be spent this night upon this diary amen tuesday november nineteenth a dreary dreary a weary day but i've worked or somehow been ceaselessly busy and now i'm about ready for my nightcap of reading and bed four canvases stretched and primed stand to my credit and that alone is one day's work in effort and conquered repugnance what a tedious work my christmas letters are written nearly all of them and as christmas draws near it seems more and more impossible without home and the children it will be a huge make-believe for one of our family here there's a big storm at sea from the look of the water and the sound of the wind and the rain falls drearily and on the roof it rattles from the tall trees the great drops fall like stones they beat to pieces little by little the paper roof and now when the rain is hardest we hear the drip drip of the water on the floor but we are comfortable so what of it all i read big claws and little claws to rockwell tonight that's a great story and we roared over it rockwell doesn't like the stories about kings and queens he says they're always marrying and that kind of stuff just the same rockwell himself has his life and marriage pretty closely planned the journey from the east alone the wife to be found at seattle to save her car fare and yet not put off as far as alaska for there they don't look nice enough and then life in alaska to the end of his days and i'm to be along if i'm not dead as i probably shall be he says i have just finished the life of blake and am now reading blake's prose catalogue etc and a book of indian essays of kumaraswamy the intense and illuminating fervor of blake i have just read this quote, the human mind cannot go beyond the gift of god the holy ghost to suppose that art can go beyond the finest specimens of art that are now in the world is not knowing what art is it is being blind to the gifts of the spirit here in the supreme simplicity of life amid these mountains the spirit laughs at man's concern with the form of art with new expression because the old is outworn 
it is man's own poverty of vision yielding him nothing so that to save himself he must trick out in new garb the old old commonplaces or exalt to be material for art the hitherto discarded trivialities of the mind wednesday november twentieth to-morrow we hope to get off although it still storms there's a terrific sea running but even such a sea would trouble us less than the chop of the north wind the wind above all else is to be feared here i painted little it was so dark somehow on these short days it is difficult to accomplish much certain things have to be done by daylight the chopping of wood carrying of water from a hundred yards away lamp filling and some cooking i made myself a lot of envelopes to-day and second-coated the canvases of yesterday's stretching and now it is bedtime for to-morrow we rise early oh the porcupine returned to-day and was discovered feeding calmly near the cabin he showed no alarm at rockwell's approach and when finally after some hours of undisturbed nibbling and napping rockwell carried him home by his tail and set him down a little distance from his old cage he ran straight there and interned himself friday november twenty second both yesterday and to-day are to be recorded the porcupine is dead and yesterday he endeared himself so to us playing about in the house with the utmost content the cause of his death we cannot know unless it was our kindness rockwell with olson's leather mittens on did carry him about a good deal of course they are creatures nocturnal and we had planned to let him have his regular hours for exercise and feeding rockwell delighting in the plan that he should stay with him in the woods at night which i was certainly going to let him try but it's over and pet number two has gone to his happy hunting grounds it storms yesterday violently with such wind and rain as seemed incredible the thin paper roof made the noise deafening so that i could not sleep and the surf beat and the forest roared it was a wild night to-day is better though it pours every half hour when when shall we get to seward and here before me are displayed all the pretty christmas presents i have made and that rockwell has made here we sit these dark short days working together at the same table just like two professional craftsmen on these days i cannot paint and olson calls upon us more than he should still we let him sit here in silence and he is wise enough to be quite content now it is late the stove is out and i must go to bed two meals only to-day another is due me oh i made myself a beautiful die for note-paper yesterday and printed it on my envelopes to-day saturday november twenty-third it dawned calm with rain hanging in the air we hurried with our breakfast in the hope that we should get off but within an hour at the turn of the tide the northwest wind whipped down from the mountains and the rain fell in torrents and now at a late hour of the night it still rains although the wind has fallen we felled a tree to-day and partly cut it up although it was dismally dark all the time i managed to paint a little and i wrote much and drew in black and white 
Rockwell has been industrious as usual, drawing at my side. He told me an amusing anecdote of little Kathleen that is worthy to go down here. When in play she wants to change her doll's name, she sends for the pretend doctor, again herself, and he operates on the doll. Cutting a hole in her stomach, he stuffs into it a little piece of paper on which he has written a new name. And so the name is changed. Tried some cottonseed oil of Olson's today that was too bad. A year or two ago he was given a case of spoiled mayonnaise dressing for fox food. Olson saved the oil which had separated from the rest of it. I made dough for doughnuts while I heated the oil to fry ourselves that great treat. Then arose a pinching, rancid odor that almost made me ill, but which Rockwell called delicious. However, I baked the doughnuts. Still, the oil unheated seemed not bad. Sunday, November 24th. Olson declares this day to be Sunday, and in honor of the day he gave me a cup of milk for junket. And in honor of the day, whatever it is, I worked so hard that now I'm tired out. The day began with snow and continued with it. It blustered and blew much as a day in March, and the bay looked wild. And now tonight it is clear and starlight. Will the north wind begin to blow again tomorrow? The chances are that it will, and Seward and the sending of my mail will be as far away as ever. I painted with some success, for the snow makes the cabin lighter. Really, my picture looks well. Eight canvases are far along, so that I'm proud of them. We cut wood today, of course. It would be great fun if only we'd more minutes of daylight to spare. Steamer must be due in Seward now. We've seen none for two weeks or longer. Monday, November 25th. It rages from the northeast. The bay is a wild expanse of breakers. They bear into our cove and thunder on the beach. A mad day and a wild night. And Seward is as far off as ever. It is now my hope that a steamer will go to Seward before me. Olson finds by his diary that none has been seen to go there for two weeks. I began two new pictures today, trying for the first time to paint after dark. My lamp is so inadequate in this dark interior, it burns only a three-quarter inch wick, that I can work only in black and white. But I've laid in the whole picture in that way. Rockwell spends several hours a day out of doors, exploring the woods, searching out porcupine trails and caves. It is weeks since I have stopped my work even for a walk. In this out-of-doors life, I see little of out-of-doors. It's a blessing to me to have to saw wood every day. I finished Kumaraswamy's Indian Essays today, an illuminating and inspiring book. Kumaraswamy defines mysticism as a belief in the unity of life. The creed of an artist concerns us only when we mean by it the tendency of his spirit. How hard it is to speak of these intangible things and not use words loosely and without exact meaning. I think that whatever of the mystic is in a man is essentially inseparable from him. It is his by the grace of God. After all, the qualities by which all of us become known are those of which we are ourselves least conscious. 
the best of me is what is quite impulsive and looking at myself for a moment with a critic's eye the forms that occur in my art the gestures the spirit of the whole of it is in fact nothing but an exact pictorial record of my unconscious living idealism tuesday november twenty sixth after a terribly stormy and cold night the day was fair with the wind comfortably settled in the north as if he meant to stay there only at night has it been calm to-night again is so and if i had not rockwell on my hands to make me timid i'd go at night to seward olson was a real santa claus to-day first he gave us schmierkäse then a good salt salmon two years old which he said we'd better try and to-night a lot of butter churned by him from goat's milk it looks like good butter and with the added coloring matter more palatable than the natural white butter of the goat we felled two trees to-day fairly small ones we consume a vast amount of wood with our all-night fire well to-morrow let us say again we'll be off to seward wednesday november twenty seventh to-day if we had known how the weather would turn we should have started it was lovely cold but fair with the wind in the southwest it had in the morning all appearance of a heavy blow and we failed to get in shape to take advantage of its calming as the afternoon advanced at any rate i have a little picture of it with the soft haze of the day and the loose clouds i painted besides on the large canvas of superman begun a few days ago olson lent me his grub box to use a wooden box of small grocery size with a cover fastened with a strap and buckle such a box is part of the outfit of every man on the yukon my emergency grub is now in it my letters christmas presents and all that's bound for seward rockwell took squirrely out for an airing to-day wrapping him with tender care in a sweater they went for a long way into the woods like good companions then rockwell drew a portrait of his muffled pet which is destined for clara's christmas thursday november twenty eighth this continual waiting is getting upon my nerves most of to-day i spent tinkering with the engine it goes now in a water-barrel the trouble with the best of these little motors is that the moment they get wet they stop and they are attached at such an exposed place on the stern that they will get wet if there's much of a sea then you're in a bad fix for it's impossible to make any headway rowing with the engine or rather the propeller dragging most of the engines are hung right on the stern and can be readily detached and drawn into the boat but mine fits into a sort of pocket built in the stern and is difficult even on land to lift out it weighs decidedly over a hundred pounds so i don't relish getting caught with such an equipment i must have mentioned by the way that the engine was thrown in with the boat as of no value so there's the day gone to-night we go to bed early and if it is calm just before daylight in the morning we shall start at once friday november twenty ninth last night a terrific storm from the east a few blasts struck the house with such force that it seemed our thin roof could not stand it of course it is really quite strong enough but the noise of those sudden squalls 
bearing along snow and ice from the treetops is simply appalling in the morning it became milder but continued to rain and snow and for most of the day to blow heavily from the eastward in the afternoon to my despair a steamer entered for seward she'll doubtless leave at daylight there goes one of my chances to get my christmas mail off i painted splendidly to-day and am in the seventh heaven over it which takes away some of my gloom at never reaching seward a long call from olson to-night he sits here patiently and silently while i draw it snows steadily what will to-morrow bring francis galton the inquirer into human faculty would have been charmed at rockwell's casual mention of the colors of proper names they do apparently assume definite colors that seem to him appropriate and characteristic beyond question clara too sees names as colors father is blue mother is a darker blue the breadth of vowel sound apparently judging from this and other examples he gave me lowers the tone of color kathleen is a light yellow very light now for a bite to eat for i've had but two meals and then to bed end of chapter five